0: Uh, Well, 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 welcome to the day after Halloween, and I hope you're just as happy as I am, because I'm pretty happy, and uh, good news, good news, you made it to the simultaneous sip. Anybody listening to this live, you're on time, and that means you're going to get to participate in one of the best things humans have ever done in the history of of humans. And it goes back a little bit further than that because there were the ape-like predecessors to the humans. And uh, according to every science I've looked at, they also enjoyed the simultaneous sip. It's true. It's science. And if you'd like to enjoy it now, all you need is a cup or a mug or a glass of tank or gels, stein, a canteen, jug or a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. Have I mentioned I like coffee? And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure... The dopamine of the day, the thing that makes everything better. Especially what? That's right, antibodies. Here they come, antibodies. They need caffeine too. Ah, yeah, antibodies. All right, well, um, I'd like to see a report from each of you in the comments on how your Halloween went in terms of number of trick-or-treaters. I've heard that some places were much higher than normal, or at least higher than recent years. Uh, Mine was down maybe 80%. How about yours? A lot of people saying zero and none. Wow. Uh, Ran out of candy. Yeah, it looks like it was all over the place. In some places, it was tripled, I'm saying. Some places it was tripled. Some places you could barely move. The street was so full of people. And in other places, a dud. Yeah, I got a dud. So I was all ready, all prepared. And we got a bunch of kids. Now, here, here's a little mystery for you. I, I don't know what it means. And th- this is not a, uh, a negative racial comment. So if you think it is, don't think that. So I'm going to make a uh, an observation that is not negative. It's just an observation. I don't know what to make of it. That my the, tr- the number of people who came to my house for trick or treat was down probably 80 percent from normal, but the composition of the kids was overwhelmingly Indian American and Asian American. Now I live, you know, near Silicon Valley. It's a high tech place. We've got a pretty big population of both Indian American and um, Asian Americans. But it was crazy. Like, the, the ratio of that or those two demographic groups, um, and I don't know what it means. I mean, I don't, have a, I don't have a theory about why that should be. But it happened. I don't know. Um, in other news... Rasmussen is reporting that 57% of likely U.S. voters think that uh, Biden is a weaker commander in chief than Trump. 57% think Biden is a weaker commander in chief than Trump. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you are surprised by that? (laughs) Is that the least surprising thing you've ever heard? Pretty unsurprising. I I don't think that people quite appreciate the having a commander-in-chief who looks like a wounded uh, elk, you know, basically, if, you're, if your top person of your military looks like he can't find the car keys, it doesn't make you afraid of the military. I mean, it should, because the military is still going to be lethal. But... 57% <laughs> are already in favor of uh, Trump as a stronger commander-in-chief. And apparently that's, that's changed from 43% in May. <laughs> that's a lot. So um, can we say with some certainty that the Biden administration um, is a failed administration? Is it too soon? Now, I think a lot will depend on whether Biden can get any big legislation through, you know, any trillion-dollar spending bills, but I'm going to bet against that. I'm going to still bet against it. Um, I don't think anything's going to get passed in the over-a-trillion range, but, you know, I could be wrong. But we'll see. So I think that Biden will have no domestic success. He will look like a weak commander-in-chief. You look barely functional. The border's a mess. Ah, it's going to look bad. All right, so I see all of your prompting, and I know you want me to talk about a rumor that President Biden had a, uh, let's say, a uh, bowel-related accident on his European trip. Now, here's my take. Maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. It's not going to be my topic. <laughs> Okay? I want to say it as clearly as possible, so you stop asking. I'm not going to talk about that. I I, I just don't like that topic. Yeah, you know, it's it's not entertaining. It's not a way to st- start the day, and uh, it's it's probably untrue. And if it is true, it's his business. You know, I, I'm happy to criticize Biden for his his, his cognitive problems because that matters, and I'm happy to criticize him for his policies and blah blah blah. But that's really just a private health issue. That's a little too far, right? I just don't think that's our business. I don't think it's cool. And if it happened, it happened. If it didn't, it didn't. I mean, he's a certain age. You know, if you're going to accept that you have a president of that age, you got to accept the whole package, right? If, if we've said we'll take a president who's this age, don't, don't act like it's a news story if he has health issues that are exactly what people have at that age. Let's not make that a thing. Anyway, I know it's fun and you enjoy it, but it's not my thing, so I'm not going to do it. Um, Christina, my wife, had an interesting uh, experience in one of the local Starbucks. Uh, She got her product and sat down with her sister and uh, was asked asked for her papers in America. She she was asked to show her vaccine card. She didn't have it with her. I think she's misplaced it. And by the way, if you misplace your vaccine card, I don't know what you do about that. Do you? Can anybody tell me what happens if you lose your vaccine card? Because I don't think there's a process for getting it back, is it? If you lose it, are you not shut out from society? Uh, oh, it was uh, at Starbucks. It was the server esque CVS has a record. If you got it there, you can get a digital one. Yeah, she's got pictures of it, but I don't know if they suffice. I don't. I'm not sure a digital one even even works. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I, I've heard that other Starbucks are not requiring this, so it might be a local thing. I can easily imagine that they have an employee who's unvaccinated or something, so you know, maybe there's something special about that one. Now, they don't require a vaccination to buy things, just to be clear. Apparently, you can go stand in line and buy things without proving you're vaccinated. I think you have to be vaccinated uh, and wear a mask. But I don't think you have to prove it just to buy stuff. All right. Well, that's pretty shocking and terrible. Um, I saw something uh, in a comment on Locals just before I got on that I'm going to steal the joke and extend it, okay? So there's a meme I saw, and I liked it so much that I wanted to borrow it and modify it a little bit. It goes like this. I didn't tweet it, but if you want to tweet it, (laughs) you'll have to race to see who could be first. I said, uh, you could use Scrabble tiles and shiz something more coherent than a Biden press conference. I, I just like that. You could use Scrabble tiles and shiz something more coherent than a Biden press conference. It's not bad. Not bad. And thank you for the meme that inspired it. Um, you all want me to talk about the story about the Southwest pilot who, on his announcement, said, let's go, Brandon. A joke, obviously, uh, but it was since it was a political joke. There was some blowback on the pilot. I don't know, forget what it was. The exact blowback, whatever it was, was wrong. Uh, and but here's the story. The story after the story is, is just it's jaw dropping. All right, this is jaw dropping. A a current analyst for CNN, one you've probably seen, uh, named uh, Asha Rangappa. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, she tweeted that uh, as an experiment, uh, and apparently the pilot kept his job, but as an experiment, I'd love for a Southwest Air pilot to say, long live ISIS before taking off. My guess is that, number one, the plane, the plane would be immediately grounded. And number two, the pilot fired. And three, a statement issued by the airline within a matter, within a matter of hours. Um... As Ted Cruz, who seems to be much smarter than uh, Asha, tweeted in reply, you just compared a pilot making a joke to ISIS. (laughs) Really? A pilot making a joke, pretty much the same as an international terror group. What the hell is wrong with her? What the hell is wrong with her? Now, it's one one thing just to say the analogy is crap, but to even have a thought like that, how do you have a thought like that? Exactly. Somebody, there's a, a CNN analyst who literally thought that other people would think that sounded reasonable, you know, at least reasonable as social media. You know, social media is never reasonable per se. But within the social media, media reasonableness, to compare a Trump supporter to a member of ISIS or a supporter of ISIS. A CNN reporter tweeted this just like this is something we'd all agree with. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I see your point. I see your point. Trump supporters, ISIS, very similar situation there. I don't even know what to say about this. This is, like, shocking. Because I don't even recognize what this is. It's not, is it cognitive dissonance? Confirmation bias? I mean, this seems so extreme that it looks like a prank more than a, a mental condition. I don't know what to think of this, honestly. I can't, I can't even figure out how to interpret it. Is it, a, is it an intentional lie? Or does she really think that a, a political joke about a president on an airplane... It's pretty similar to supporting ISIS. Really? All right, uh, here's an observation that nobody had made yet, and I I feel it was my responsibility to be the first. And it's just one of these, you know, dog-not-barking situations. You know, um, oh, you're welcome um, for pushing to a bit shoot. Um, And I'll, I'll just say it. As far as I know, uh, actor Robert De Niro has never accidentally shot anyone. But don't you feel it's overdue? Is it just me? Now, I don't know if it's just because uh, Robert De Niro is uh, basically the poor man's Alec Baldwin. So that joke could be reversed too. I like a joke that could be reversed and it still works. Yeah. Yeah, Robert De Niro is the poor man's Alec Baldwin. But I could have just as easily said that Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin is the poor man's Robert De Niro. It works both ways. <laughs> Very rare. Very rare that you joke can work in both directions. Um, I, I don't have another comment on that. Uh, I will just tell you that when I first heard the news about Alec Baldwin, I imagined Robert De Niro because I just thought that was more likely. <laughs> like, I confused the two in my head, and I realized that maybe I've been confusing them in my head for a long time. They, they both seem like, you know, uh, angry older actors with TDS who are, I don't know, somehow similar. Um, all right, that's about it on that. Um, in permanent news, I like to give you the news that never changes in addition to the news that has changed. Now, you might say, if it never changes, is it really news? Well, it's in the news. If it's in the news, it must be news. And you're not going to believe this, all right? I've told you a lot of shocking things, but, you know, put on your seatbelt. This one's just going to blow you away. If you have any kind of a hat that has a strap that you can put around your chin, put it on now. Because your head's going to come clean off when I tell you this. Hold on, hold on, here it comes. There's a Hollywood actor who uh, came out as gay. I I didn't see it coming. Um, It's Kai Penn. Yeah, he came out as gay. Wow. Wow. Uh, And thank God, thank God, our news industry is on it. Because <clears throat> I woke up this morning not knowing what kind of genitalia he preferred. And, and having that uh, curiosity all day long, and then I pick up the news, I'm like, wow, this is a coincidence. This is exactly what I was wondering. Uh, Kai Pen is his name. K-I- K-A-I, Kai Pen. Uh, who, who's a delightful actor. I like him a lot. Now, the fact that he came out as gay, uh, my point is, why is that still news? (laughs) I realize he's famous. You know, he's an actor, so, you know, we know who he is. But, like, why are we still treating that as news, really? You know, maybe if, like, the president or a senator came out as gay, that would have some meaning because then you would look at their records on voting and stuff. But if a Hollywood actor comes out as gay... Why do we need to even know? Like, am I, I going to like his movies more? It's like you know, I I didn't like his movies a lot, but now I know about the butt stuff. I'm all in. I mean, how how is it even related to anything? You know, I guess I, I guess the way this is uh, hitting me is very much the same way as when the news reports the the first black anything, right? Doesn't that just feel offensive at this point? Like that is news that there's a first black whatever, whatever job, success, you know, accomplishment. I mean I'm proud for you know happy for the person. But why is it a story that it's the first black person to do it? I mean really? It's twenty twenty one. I'm willing to stipulate that black people can do stuff. <laughs> oh, it's Calpen, not Kai. Oh, no. Yeah, thank you for the, the correction. Kalpen, K-A-L. Uh, yeah, if a black person was the first uh, black grand wizard, it might be newsworthy. Well, there was a... Wasn't there a uh, Rachel was a She was white, and she was a, a leader in the... the S, was it the SPCA? Or no, the N... N double, not the SPCA. The uh, uh, NAACP. I know I'm going to get cancelled for that. <laughs> I've been waiting to figure out what it would what it would be that would take me down. Because <laughs> yeah, don't you figure, uh, are you surprised I haven't been cancelled yet? Is anybody surprised I haven't been cancelled yet? Because I feel like the obvious one to be cancelled, right? I don't know how it could be more obvious that I should be on the list. And I know I'm on the list. I mean, they've. it's not like a bunch of journalists haven't done hit pieces on me. And I feel like every now and then somebody will take a run at me, but it hasn't been serious yet. I feel like there have been warning shots. <laughs> I feel like maybe I, you know, uh, I've had some brushes with it. But I'm not exactly sure why I'm still here. I'm actually genuinely confused. I could come up with some speculation. Um, I mean, maybe because I try to play fair. But I don't think people notice that. The people who would cancel you wouldn't care if you ever tried to play fair. I don't know. It's kind of a mystery. Um, uh, Biden's spokesperson, Jen Psaki, tested positive for COVID, as did... uh, And and by the way, you know, we could try to make a story about how she maybe infected Biden and maybe he infected the Pope. Um, uh, I I like the movie idea where somebody intentionally infects the president because the last booster shot was a fake booster shot and the last one was actually full of virus right before he did an international trip. And the, and the real play was to kill the other world leaders. So, you know, they send Biden over there and he's, he's you know, full uh, spittle man. You know, he's, he's like getting up close to people and just spitting in their faces with his COVID. I mean, this would be a good movie anyway. And then he shits his pants and dies. Um, and that would just be a perfect ending. So, anyway, Jen Psaki tested positive and And uh, also Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss just tested positive. Now, Tim Ferriss is, you know, young and super healthy and fully vaccinated, or at least two vaccinations, I guess. But I guess he's still having a little trouble. It, it sounded like just from an Instagram post, that's all I know. But it looks like he said he was... Uh, uh, I don't. I forget his exact words. He said he wasn't flattened by it, but it's it's not easy. That's with two vaccinations, and and he still still got some heavy symptoms. So here's uh, here's my take on this. Think of how many celebrities there are in the world. How many celebrities are there in the world? A lot, right? because it's sort of our pastime, and famous people as well, politicians. Are we about to enter a phase where every single day there's a story about a famous person who got COVID? We are, right? <laughs> the, the news is just going to be nonstop, famous person gets COVID. Famous person gets COVID again. And another famous person got COVID. So you're going see a lot of those. Um... Question, do you believe it is proven that natural immunity is superior than vaccinated immunity? Go. In the comments, your understanding of the science. Is natural immunity better than vaccinations, including boosters? Um, Oh, not sure for the individual. Now, that was a good answer. So there's somebody on locals who's making this distinction, and I think it's a smart one, to ask yourself first, is it a question about an individual? And would you get a different answer than the question about what to do about policy? Because those could be different. Um, Yes, almost always. Yes. Now, my understanding is that natural immunity uh, protects in more ways, whereas the uh, vaccination does something with the spike protein. So it protects in one way, but a a natural immunity could protect in a whole constellation of ways, and and we think it would last longer, right? So it lasts longer and protects more. Okay, um, but are those the only variables? Is the only variable that it lasts longer and protects more while it does it? No, there are other variables. And one of the variables is, uh, are you intentionally getting infected or it just happened to you? If it just happened to you, then that's the end of that story. But if you intentionally avoided the vaccination so that you could get infected instead, then I'd say the cost-benefit changes, doesn't it, if you did it intentionally, meaning intentionally avoided the vaccination. It's the same thing. Um, then, then you have to add in the extra risk of... Uh, the comorbidities, or not the comorbidities, the extra risk of um, dying. <laughs> because, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, an unvaccinated person getting natural immunity also has a risk of dying from the disease itself. Small, depending on your comorbidities. It might be a little bit bigger. So you'd have to throw that in there. But you'd also have to you know, throw in the risk of the vaccination itself. So there you've got two big unknowns. So you've got some stuff you do know, which is natural, is wider than vaccination, and probably lasts longer. But when I say that's known, there are some randomized controlled trials and and observational ones that support it. I don't know that we're 100% sure, but it looks pretty strong at this point. Um, But you have to factor in the other stuff. The risk of getting the disease itself, the uh, the long-haul COVID symptoms, et cetera. So I don't think it's uh, cut and dried, but uh, I'm on the side that says if you have natural immunity, you don't need a vaccination. Are you all happy? I say if you have natural immunity, you don't need a vaccination. That's my non-medical opinion. <laughs> now, it's non-medical opinion, but it's based on what the medical experts tell us. If there's something they haven't told us, I would factor that in, or I would say, oh, I don't understand the topic. There's stuff you didn't tell me, but I wouldn't understand it anyway, so you decide. But if the only thing that we're deciding on is the stuff they've already told us, I wouldn't get a vaccination if you have a choice. I wouldn't get vaccinated if I had natural immunity, because that would be adding a risk on uh, on top of your immunity. I don't know why you do that. All right, uh, here's a a fun story. The director of uh, some UN food uh, organization um, made a provocative statement that said that uh, if Elon Musk donated 2% of his wealth, uh, I could solve world hunger. 2% of his wealth. Now, that would come out to $6 billion. How many of you think world hunger could be solved for $6 billion? Now keep in mind, you have to solve it every year. I guess I don't. I don't know how long this six billion is supposed to last, <laughs> but I would think you have to keep spending six billion every now and then. Well, Elon Musk uh, rose to the challenge, if you will, in a sense. He said, uh, if WFP, and I don't know who that is, but that must be somebody associated with this claim, can describe on this Twitter thread exactly how six billion will solve world hunger. I will sell Tesla stock right now and do it. How much do you love that? I mean, seriously. I love that. So you have the most capable person in the world, I would argue, Elon Musk, who's the richest in the world, which largely makes him more capable than he already was, um, saying, if you can tell me how to do it, I'll do it. (laughs) Just tell me how to do it. Tell me how to do it, and I'll do it right now. I love that. Because that's exactly the way you should approach it. So instead of saying, you know, it's not, it's not my problem or almost anything else, he just says, show me how to do it and I'll do it tomorrow. That, that's an excellent, excellent answer. And so I, too, rose to the challenge. And I decided to figure out how Elon Musk could solve world hunger with $6 billion. And I'll brainstorm a few ideas and maybe I'll see a few more coming through on here. But the first thing is, don't limit your approach to buying food. (laughs) If that's your approach, I'll buy a bunch of food or I'll fund some farms or I'll help the distribution of the existing food because we do produce enough, we just don't get it at the right places. Um, So Adam Dopamine on uh, Twitter... Said quite reasonably that uh, Musk could offer an X prize. You know that—that's my paraphrasing of it. Uh, offer a billion dollars to whoever could solve the problem. Then, if they solve it, he's out one billion, keeps five billion for change. And if they don't solve it, well, then it wasn't solvable because nobody could solve it, or at least it wasn't solvable with the brains and resources we have. So, up oh, there it is. Thank you, thank you, Howard. Uh, Howard gets the award on YouTube uh, because I really was wanting to talk about a different topic altogether. But until until Howard's comment, I didn't want to do it. There are such things as... I'm going to get back to the Elon Musk thing, but but I set a trap. I set a trap, and I wanted to see who'd fall into it, and and Howard did. Um, The trap is this. I believe that the world is filled with NPCs, people who are programmed to only think in uh, movie terms. <laughs> and if you bring up feeding the poor, those people will reveal themselves because they can't, they can't avoid saying Soylent Green. If the topic is food and how to feed people, the NPCs will go into the comments and start just screaming Soylent Green. Soylent Green, Soylent Green. Did you see my comment yet? Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. Now, there's another kind of movie thinker that uh, whenever you mention the idea of the simulation or reality not being what it, w- what it is, the NPCs become immediately activated, and what do they start typing? If you talk about this simulation, what do the NPCs start typing? The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix? That's just like the Matrix. And you know what? It's never like the matrix. Whatever it is that is the topic is never, ever like the matrix. You're just reminded of it. And so if you wanna if you wanna figure out who the NPCs in the crowd are, just bring up the simulation theory or feeding the poor and just wait to see who says soil and green and the matrix. And then just never talk to them again they don't have anything to say <laughs> they're just npcs sorry howard uh I, don't, I i think most of you know i'm kidding but um let me say not kidding for everybody who mentions the matrix or uh, soil and green everybody else is bored with you we're all bored with you like seriously bored just so you know your friends can't tell you when you say it in person but I can say it because I haven't met you in person. (laughs) All seriously bored by those two references. All right, let's get back to how uh, Elon Musk could produce, uh, could somehow feed the poor with $6 billion. Um, One would be an X prize, so maybe somebody else can figure it out and collect the prize. But uh, I put my own idea here because, although I'm not somebody who could build a a multi-trillion-dollar company, which I'm sure... Uh, Elon will do eventually. I think it's worth a trillion or so. Whatever it's worth, it's a lot. and Or his combined companies, anyway. Um, so here's my idea, because I'm more of an idea man. More of an idea man. Oh, WFP is World Food Program. Thank you. And I suggested uh, on this same thread with uh, Elon's question that uh, he could spend a billion dollars developing... Algae farms. Algae farms. Now, the idea is that you just make one prototype that is economically successful, and you could either form a business around it, but that's optional, or you could just release the plans and say, look, I made a economically feasible, the best ever algae farm, and I'll, I'll talk about what the benefits are of an algae farm are in a minute. Uh, But now I'll just release the plans, and anybody wants to make them in any country, go make your own algae farms. Now, I also said robot tended. Now, I don't think you need necessarily the robot part, but it might lower the prices and make it more interesting for somebody like Elon Musk. Um, So here's the thing about algae. Number one, there are all kinds of different algaes. Some would be edible, some wouldn't be... (laughs) Uh, There you go. Deleting this guy again. Persistent. You're very persistent. Um, So there are lots of different algaes and they can be used for different things. Some can be turned into various products and fuels. So uh, some kinds of algaes can be turned into fuel. Um, And you can sell it for a variety of commercial products, things you can make out of it. So you can make food out of it. That's one thing. And it would be high-protein and high yield. But there are other ways to make food. So why why is algae a good idea? Here's why. It grows 10 times more rapidly than regular plants on land. So it's 10 times faster. I mean, if you're looking at economics, 10 times, that should catch your attention. Um, Less than a tenth of the land is needed. So it grows 10 times as fast on a tenth of the land. Am I doing the math right that it's 100 times more economical? If you're only looking at those two variables, you know, there are other variables. But if you're only looking at those two, th- two things, it's 100 times better. Am I doing that right? If it's 10 times more productive and you only need one, am I doing that right? That feels too easy, <laughs> all right? It feels like there's something wrong with that. I think I'm not doing that right. Somebody do that right for me and tell me what the real number is. All right. So that's um it grows on uh, non-productive and non-arable lands. So you could put your algae farm, and by the way, they're not in the ocean. You know, they're they're sort of on land in some kind of container or in some kind of a, a recess that you built into the land. So you can build them anywhere. And even if you don't have a lot of water where you are, it doesn't matter. Because it turns out they reuse the same water. They don't have to filter it. So you can just put the algae in the whatever water it's in and just keep that water there and you know, replace whatever evaporates, and that's it. So it's not a big water problem. Um, yeah, and it could be fertilized more efficiently than land crops. That's another advantage because it's uh, in water. Uh, and there's no wasteful fertilizer runoff, so you have environmental advantages. And remember, the, it's not in the ocean so you're not polluting the ocean; it's, it's self-contained, and uh, and it could be a source of biofuel and blah, blah blah, and co-products. And the the thinking is, at least a few years ago, that you could build a prototype that would give you food, but also uh, commercial products that could be sold for profit, and that it's it's already it looks profitable on paper. Now the only thing I would ask somebody like Elon Musk to do is figure out the smart way to do it. There's probably a smart way to do it that isn't exactly the way it's being done, don't you think? You know, just like there's a smarter way to build a rocket and a smarter way to build a car. So if Elon Musk could put a billion dollars into algae farms, primarily for the, the research and then the engineering of it, um, to build a prototype that's economical and reproducible, there you go. Five billion uh, keep to change. So he's got six billion to spend. I feel he could get there with a billion. Now, why couldn't somebody else do this? Why couldn't somebody else figure out the best way to build an algae farm that that could solve world hunger? Because they're not Elon Musk, right? It's not an accident that he continuously does things that other people can't figure out, I mean, not just personally with his engineers, it's because his, his main skill stack is engineering. And I guess he's really good at it. And he hires people who are also really good at it. So I don't think that letting farmers build algae farms is the way to produce them. The problem with farming is I don't think it attracts engineers, Right? High tech does, because that's where the money is. But how many, like, top engineers are going into agriculture? I don't know the answer to that, but I'm guessing you're not getting the, the best and the most of them. So you take somebody who's, you know, clearly uh, capable and can finance it and just say, okay, build a team and go see if you can make some uh, algae farms. You know, first figure out if it makes sense. But if it does, go see if you can build the best one. It might require robots. Might require robots. But if you're putting them in poor places, the labor is cheap, so maybe the robots are too expensive there. I don't think hydroponics is anywhere near as efficient as algae. Now, what does the algae taste like? I don't know. I think you can grind it up and turn it into a protein product that could be added to anything. You know, my guess is that you could flavor it and put it into protein powders and all kinds of stuff. So you're not going to be eating it the way seaweed tastes right? It's not going to taste like algae when you're done, if you do it right. All right, yeah, you can make oil out of it. You can make all kinds of stuff. Um, Terry McAuliffe, who's running for governor, has gone full racist. And he said uh, he's calling for the old dominion state. Well, let's call it Virginia. That is such goofy writing. I don't know where I saw this on one of the websites. Don't write like that. Don't ever be the person who says the old dominion state. It's Virginia. Um, is asking he wants more diversity in the teacher space, <clears throat> lamenting that the Commonwealth, there again, a douchebag way to write the old Dominion, the Commonwealth, is Virginia, has uh, um, proportionally more white teachers than you know the population would suggest, and he's promising a program uh, aimed at attracting non-white teachers. Let me ask you something. Isn't that a racist dog whistle? That's right... Actually, it's not even whistles right in front of us. Because what would be the process for changing the mix? There's only few ways that I know. You either are going to have programs that are excluding white people, that are promoting other people. So you're excluding white people from whatever... Um, Programs would promote teachers. You're probably not going to hire as many white people, so white people are discriminated against that way. <clears throat> and maybe you wouldn't promote them because you probably have, you know, an administration problem that's the same as the teacher problem in terms of diversity. Now, I'm in favor of diversity, even when it's sometimes painful and bad for people like me to get there, because I think it's a big enough problem to have, you know. that that you need to take an axe to it, not a a scalpel. But if somebody's running for government and they're saying right out loud that they're going to discriminate against an ethnicity, that's disqualifying. Isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it disqualifying to say you're going to treat the races differently? How is that not disqualifying? I mean, the difference between woke and racist has just disappeared. You, if you get woke enough, I guess you're just a racist, right? If you're over-woke, you're so over-woke, you're just a racist. And I'm not, even, I'm not even talking about this as some like hypothetical, philosophical way that by analogy and in some way that you can imagine in a literary sense you could call him sort of racist. No. No, this is direct explicit, public racism. He's saying it right to you. I'm not interpreting anything. Am I? <laughs> Am I over-interpreting this? I don't think so. It looks like direct racism. Now, um, the other problem, and there's so many problems here, is when did we stop making children a priority, or their education at least? Uh, don't we need, as a civilization to do a good job with the children? It's not really optional, is it? Is it optional to do a good job raising children if you want to be a strong civilization? It's not really optional. And while I am fully on board with uh, having more diversity, it does give you two objectives, and you can't have two top priorities. So, if your top priority is is educating the kids, and you've got, let's say, your available pool of teachers has more white available people, just maybe just from demographic reasons or whatever, um, are you going to not hire the qualified teachers so you can accomplish this other goal? Hire somebody who's maybe less experienced or you know has lower I don't know recommendations or something? Um, now, of course, I'm not saying that that's some kind of racial difference, <laughs> of course. Uh, I'm saying that you could have many situations in which if you restrict the number of people you can look at to hire, just as a concept, as soon as you narrow the number of qualified people you're willing to consider, you should get fewer qualified hires. Because you got a big pool, and you're excluding a whole bunch of people without looking at whether they're qualified or not. That should give you a lower quality teaching pool, not because they're ethnic, ethnically different than the other people. Has nothing to do with race. Has to do with limiting the pool, right? Uh, oh yes, I have seen when wokes and racists agree. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the only one to make that point. That's for sure. Anyway, um, I think this uh, racist dog whistle should be disqualifying. We'll see if Terry McAuliffe wins. I guess. I guess this race is being treated as uh, the canary in the coal mine. You know, it's the early warning for what's going to happen in the midterms and beyond. Yes, Ryan Long made that observation about being woke and being racist. ends up looking the same. Um, so that is what I wanted to say today. Now, I should point out that Terry McAuliffe sent his own children to private school. Um, And I should also point out, just because I like to cause trouble, that one of the main reasons that anybody in America sends their kid to private school is to get away from certain ethnic groups. Now, that's not me saying it, and I've not sent anybody to private school, and I've not been to private school. So I'm speaking of it from the outside. But, you know, there are lots of reasons for private school. One of them is a religious education. One of them is a better education. One of them might be more involvement with the parents, for example. So lots of good reasons to do it. And uh, as someone responded to me on Twitter, in my town, you, people are not using private school for any racial reasons <laughs> because we don't have enough racial diversity here in the first place. So you wouldn't be escaping from anything. And our, but as I also pointed out in the comments, my town has the highest-rated schools in California, I think. Oh, they're among the top. Highest-rated public schools. And people still put their kids in private schools. So there's still good reason it has nothing to do with uh, you know, the quality of the school, per se, or the, or the mix of the school. There's lots of reasons to do it. Control, etc. cetera. But uh, I think Terry McAuliffe's got a big problem because he's prescribing more racism for schools that he wouldn't send his own kid to. And I think that's a problem if you're running for office. Uh, and the teachers' unions. Uh, do you predict if McAuliffe will win or lose? Well, uh, you know, I made a prediction about Trump, famously, in 2016, because I could see something that I didn't think other people could see, which is his persuasive skills. It wasn't obvious to anybody who didn't you know, have that specific talent stack. But in this race, um, this is really just basic politics. So it's going to come down to enthusiasm, which apparently is lacking on the McAuliffe side. Um, maybe that's the only variable that matters. It could be just enthusiasm. But I don't think that's predictable. <laughs> Every time I hide this user, comes back with a new name. Um, Yeah, somebody's saying on locals, we're going to get uh, another black mayor in New York City, uh, presumably, and it will be noted as the the second black mayor. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, we'll, we'll act as like that's something we need to say in 2021. It's the second black mayor. Like, we gotta just stop saying that. It, it just can't help, right? Am I wrong about that? Is there anybody? Uh, who wants to weigh in on this, who is watching, who is black and American, do you find it offensive every time the news calls out the first black ice skater gold medal winner or whatever? Um, Yeah, by the way, tell me, I'll need to know... Yeah, I, I see lots of white people saying it's condescending, but... I'd rather hear from black Americans. Is that insulting to you, yes or no? Um, I see no, but I don't know. uh, Well, I can't tell from the comments. I can't tell exactly who's responding. Um, Yes, I I identify as black. That's correct. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think you want my opinion on this. Um, Stop putting color on something, yeah, when you don't need it. At some point, and I've said this before, at some point, uh, all the things that worked to to handle the big racism, you know, the, the big clubs, you know, everything from civil wars to civil rights legislation and the legal system and all that, you need that for the big problems. But as the gap narrows, the discrimination gap narrows, it may never be, you know, may never close the gap just because that's how the world works. But as it narrows, I think you've got to change your tools. And I think you have to be smarter about how people, um, let's say, process any kind of a change. And sometimes the helpful people are just making it worse, I think. Um, It's not a lie if you identify that way, that's right. How will we know who wins? Well, yeah, you got that problem. Are those uh, Virginia election systems, are they fully auditable and instantly? Uh, I would love to hear your take on the $450,000. Uh, I, I think there's some fake news about uh, illegal immigrants would get a bunch of money if they're illegal or something. That's fake news, isn't it? The four hundred fifty thousand thing. I saw it. Uh, I think I saw it on, only on social media. As soon as I saw it, I just that's oh, fake. I didn't. Even, I didn't even look into it. It just looked so obviously fake. So I'm seeing people say it's not fake. Um, hmm. It's being considered. Oh, you're talking about a settlement. Settlement. Okay, that's different. As a settlement for. People separated at the border during the Trump administration. Oh, okay. okay, so it's not really even about the immigrants, is it? So it's really just an anti-trump thing, isn't it? that I think to make Trump look worse, they have to do some reparations to people he had an impact on. So I don't even think it's about the dollar amount. It's just must be just some way to make Trump look bad, right? Uh, it's based on lawsuit. So there's a lawsuit out right now that's asking for that much. Yeah, I don't know if they get that number. Um, the four hundred and fifty. Well, if it's if it's based on a lawsuit, that's just somebody guessing what they can ask for and then finding out. So you don't you don't really. I'm not sure it matters how they calculated it. Um, so it's real, okay? Is uh, I didn't realize the context of it was that it was a uh, f- it was a reparations. I thought it was something else. So if it was something else, it would have been fake. <laughs> but as reparations, yeah, maybe. I mean, may- maybe it's real. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say I don't think it's gonna happen. So it doesn't matter. You don't think it's gonna happen, do you? Uh, Lisa says, I can't, uh, the, about me, she says, I can't be canceled because I'm the poor man's Bill Maher. <laughs> I'm the poor man's Bill Maher. Now, I think I'm the poor, the poor man's Bill Burr. I'd rather be the poor man's Bill Burr. Um, one million per family. Were you challenged uh, to be more diverse in Dilbert? Yes, I was, and, and continually. So I've often been challenged to be more diverse in Dilbert. And let me tell you why I'm not. And this will explain a lot if you haven't heard this explanation. So Dilbert has uh, mostly a, uh, white uh, characters, except for uh, Ashok, the uh, Indian-American intern. Now, why don't I have uh, black characters in my comic strip? Does anybody know? Can, can you guess why I don't? See if you... uh, First, the first reason, hard to draw. Are they hard to draw in general? No. (laughs) Are they hard to draw if you're white? Yes. Not because I don't know how to draw, although I'm not good at drawing. But if a white person draws a black person, what is anybody going to say about that drawing? How how is anybody going to take it? How do you make them look black? Now, the way Charles Schultz did it, he introduced a black character, is he drew him to look um, almost identical to the white characters and then, then put crosshatches in it so you'd see that his skin color was different. Do you think that's right? Do you think you should draw your black characters to be facially exactly like the white characters and just change the skin color? Does that feel like you've done your job, you know, putting diversity into the strip? It doesn't to me. To, to me, it just looks like you, it's almost like blackface. To me, it's almost offensive, you know, but I can't judge for other people. But to me, it would feel offensive to not, to do nothing but just like change the color. So it's really hard to draw a black and white drawing and show color, um, although it could be added later, but it doesn't run in, in color everywhere, so that's a problem. All right, that's the first problem. What's another problem? What's the second reason that I don't have black characters in Dilbert? Because I would be called racist by black people. How do I know? Because the Ashuk character, who's Indian-American in the strip, is often seen as a black character, and people complain to newspapers that I was making the black character look bad in one way or another. So without even testing it, I already know the blowback. Mistakenly thinking I had a black character was enough to get me almost cancelled. <laughs> just think about it. Mistakenly thinking I had a black character almost got me cancelled. Imagine having an actual one, You know where I can't say, oh, you just got that wrong, that's not meant to be a black character. Of course it would be worse. Now imagine all the jokes I do. Do I do jokes that make the character look good. Which of my characters do I make look good? The boss? Nope. Nope. So I can't make the black character the boss or a boss or senior management because I mock senior management the most. Right? So I can't I can't introduce a black character that would just look racist because I'd be mocking that character just like the other characters. Uh, how about? How about I just add a black engineer to the staff? Do I treat the main character, Dilbert, as if he has all good qualities? Nope. All of the Dilbert cast have major flaws, personality flaws, or they're dumb or they're something, right? Now, if you take that away, there's nothing interesting. It's their flaws that makes the comic, right? It's all about the flaws. But if I were to add a flawed black character to Dilbert, do you think I could get away with that? Not a chance. (laughs) Because people would only see that one comic. People who had never read Dilbert before would be sent that one comic, and they'd say, oh, I can tell from this one comic who I'm dealing with here. He is clearly making this black character look stupid, and that's all you need to know. Racist. Cancel him. Because you you can't broadcast context when people can so easily take one comic and forward it. So I can't keep the context. If they understood that the context is all the characters are mocked for their flaws, well, then I might get away with it. But I can't. That's not doable. That It would be taken out of context immediately. Let me give you an idea how dangerous it is. The Nancy comic, a very ancient comic called Nancy, I once talked to the creator who took it over from the original And he talked about how he did a joke that was uh, based on how photographs, if you you take the negative of a photograph, it reverses the colors. And so one day he reversed the colors of his comic and made all the things that would be filled in with black, white, and made all the things that would be normally left blank with no color, he filled them in with blank. And that included the main character. So the main character was, you know, black, as was you know the background and everything around her. So you could tell that it was like a photographic negative. And this was the punchline. The punchline was she was feeling a little negative today. Because the joke was she was drawn as a photographic negative, she was feeling a little negative. And he got canceled from a major newspaper. Because black readers wrote in and said, really Really, the black character is the negative one. Oh, really? All the white characters are positive, but just one black character, the only one you've ever had in the comic, one time, and that's the negative one. I see what you're doing with your racist whistle. Canceled. That's how sensitive it is, right? So I do have a plan for introducing a black character, but I haven't figured out how to execute it without being more cringy (laughs) <laughs> than that I can handle. And here's the non-cringy part. I would get some black activists, especially if they have any artistic background, to design the character for me, including the flaws. That's the important part. So the flaws would have to be designed by somebody who's you know, clearly not a racist, and then I could maybe execute on those flaws... I would still get almost cancelled, but I could always you know pull out the card that I didn't design the character. It might protect me, it might protect me, and it might actually make things interesting, right? People would watch just to see if I'd get canceled. <laughs> but uh, oh good, you like the micro lessons. Uh, yes, I might lose creative control of my comic that's true. Now there are a number of. Uh, Black artists who have black characters. Now they, of course, don't have any problems. Yeah, you know, that would solve the problem. Is just be black. Um, yeah, Ta Nehisi Coates. I was actually thinking about him. Yeah. Uh, it, w- it would have to be somebody who has maybe some artistic background, right? I wouldn't want you know an engineer to design it for me. Chappelle. Yeah, interesting, although. Yeah, I don't know, but Chappelle's not an activist. I'd rather have somebody like, you know, uh, Kendi or somebody. You know, somebody who's really got serious activist credibility. Darren Bell. Darren Bell, yeah, a uh, black cartoonist, very successful. Uh, I, could have a, I could have another cartoonist design it. Yeah, Aaron McGruder. Um, very successful cartoonist. S. Terry Crews. <laughs> all right. Um, Don Lemon. Bill Cosby. <laughs> Not all of your suggestions are winners. Uh, all right. Uh, didn't Kendi do a Superman comic? There's something like that going on. That sounds vaguely familiar. Co- somebody says, Coates already ruined Marvel Comics. He's a great great choice to destroy yours. <laughs> um, Well, you don't think you'd watch if I partnered with somebody who was, you know, a prominent black activist? You don't think you'd watch what came out of that? I think you'd watch. And remember, it's art. You know, cartoons are art. So if I can make you watch and make you interested, it doesn't matter why. You know, it's still art. Um, Interview Chappelle? mm, I don't know uh I mean, Ch- Ch- Chappelle is amazing, but I don't know that me interviewing him adds anything to the world. I mean, I'd love to meet him, but beyond that, I don't think it would work for you. I, I would rather uh, I would rather talk to somebody who's, like, just really on the other side of things. That would be the most fun. All right, that's all for now. I'm going to run. I hope you had as much fun as I did today. Because if I haven't said this before, and I don't know why this should matter to you, but I'll tell you anyway, I really enjoy, <laughs> I really enjoy this. You know, it's, often it's one of the best parts of my day. And I don't know why exactly. As something, it's, it's very human and it's flawed and I don't have to work too hard. or I don't even shave before I come on here. You know, I'm literally in my pajamas. And, you know, if you could have this experience in your pajamas i think you'd like it too it's pretty awesome all right that's all for now and i will talk to you tomorrow